0: Here's part two of this series I started called Mood Shift, uh, based largely on the fact that I had a very bad mood a week ago Sunday, and I noticed some things that helped me change my mood, and uh, so I did a podcast about it that made me think more about, okay, well, if I was going to try to do a series, uh, what else could be said about moods and how to change our moods? And uh, the first thing I thought, well, well, what is is the definition of a mood anyway? We kind of know that. But uh, the dictionary says it's a state or quality of feeling at a particular time. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, Another definition is a prevailing emotional tone or general attitude. Keyword prevailing. In other words, this bad attitude is somehow lifting itself above anything good that could be happening in our lives or has happened in our lives. And so last week, I, I, I think I mentioned some things like, you know, well, first I got forced out of my recliner to go move our RV uh, at the church where we park it. Uh, they're so gracious to let us park it there, but they had some parking issues because of some construction equipment on the lot, and they needed me to go move it, and uh, I did that on Sunday, and then Monday, they called me again to move it again when I was I was just dead tired, but they forced me uh, to get active, which is important in changing our mood, by the way, um, and then on the way to the church, a little bit of self-talk, a little bit of God talk. You know, my ears hearing my lips uh, give thanks to God and proclaim I'm gonna have a great day in Jesus' name. This is the day that the Lord has made. That's really important. If you didn't listen to that uh, episode, I know a lot of, of what I say on all these podcasts um, is just reminders and my take on things. Uh, you you could probably add to it uh, other ideas and, and I'm just kind of reminding myself through a microphone and uh, some of you are listening to it, and we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. It's just something that we, well, I, it was going to be Susan and I, but nine times out of ten, uh, it's me um, doing this, and it's something that I felt uh, we could do to give back to our partners, because Life on the Verge, we minister mostly to people that can't really give us much other than s- some valuable things, don't get me wrong, I, gotta, I, I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast, but... I got a painting, a uh, drawing painting. I guess it was done with charcoal that an inmate did. It, phenomenal. I'm going to have it framed. Uh, and I'm actually, I, th- I think I'm think i going to give it to a particular donor uh, who's really, really helped us along the way because this is a person that uh, really has everything, so to speak, is very, very well off, and it's something that we could do to say, hey, you can't buy one of these. But my point is is that the inmates can't really do much, um, you know, in giving to us. Every now and then we'll get a money order or something or uh, from the Department of Corrections from an inmate that'll donate something. That always moves our hearts. Uh, But most of the people that send us to do what we do, we can't really give much back other than the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping us go do what Jesus said to do. Does that make sense? And so this podcast was kind of a response to say, well, you know, this is something I could do. I could share some you know, little revelations I've gotten along the way or things that I feel like the Lord is showing me. And this idea of, of mood is so important. You know, mood and attitude kind of go hand in hand because a bad mood can really spiral out of control and cause major problems at work, in your family, in your community, in your church, all based on... On a state or quality of feeling at a particular time, a prevailing emotional tone or general attitude, a bad one. Okay, so there's there's certain things that we can't uh, do much about that can create. A bad mood, you know, things like the weather. We can't really control the weather. Um, maybe some of you have a clinical depression or you know people that have clinical depression. Well, there's treatments and things for that. That's not what I'm talking about. Traumatic events, you know, we, we, we have things happen, terrible things happen in our lives around us um, that hit us really, really hard, and there's not much that we can do about the timing of a lot of those things. And so that's not what I'm talking about. We can choose, however, how we respond to those things. I'll talk about that in a moment too. But things that I can do something about, you know, things like, you know, getting a bad night's sleep. Now, I can do some practical things about that that might generate better moods. Uh, Doing things like checking your email first thing in the morning before reading the word, for example, or, you know, you can get bombed before you even leave for work. Uh, Maybe the news, especially the opinionated pundits. Oh, my gosh. I've said that the news is 1% news and 99% what the pundits have to say about it. I get so tired of that. It puts me in a bad mood if I watch too much news. I keep tabs on the news. I look at the headlines, but I don't watch too much of that Running their mouths on TV about how they feel politically and all that It just, you know It it doesn't largely affect what I have to do today And so But that can put us in a bad mood We can do so. I, I know I can do something about that Things like disorder Can put me in a bad mood uh, In any I mean, even, even my desk Or my studio Or my car uh, And I can do something about that Can I? Uh, toxic people What I mean by that is people that you get around that instantly put you in a bad mood. Now that doesn't mean we don't love them. It doesn't mean we spend zero time with them because they can be people we love. They can be relatives. They can be great friends. uh, But we limit and we go into it well aware that encounters with this particular person um, can put me in a bad mood so I'm going to guard myself against that. running late, you know, things like that, that can put, that put me in a bad mood. I used to work uh, over an hour from work. My commute was over an hour. And uh, Lord, I could leave an hour and a half early and still be five minutes late. I I just, thank God I worked in a squad with the police department where my partners were very forgiving uh, and it didn't count against me, but nobody likes to be rushed in traffic and all that. So, you know, you know, maybe there was something I could do about that, leave two hours early, I don't know. But these are things that we can kind of do something about to head off bad moods. But, you know, sometimes I fail, I didn't get a good night's sleep. Sometimes I did accidentally, not accidentally, I just unconsciously opened my Gmail app and got bombed, you know, or I get hooked on something they're saying on the news, or I let things get disordered, or I you know, I have to get around these people that maybe put me in a bad mood. So sometimes I end up in a bad mood anyway. And sometimes bad moods just happen. Sometimes stress produces bad moods. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the things that we can do to shift out of a bad mood if we end up in one, because they're almost inevitable, aren't they? You know, the, there are some people that are just always happy, clappy. They're always smiling. I mean, the world is just rainbows and unicorns. I hate those people. I'm just kidding. I love those kind of people. They lift my mood. Okay, but I'm not that kind of person. I can get stressed out, and I can get in a bad mood. And so I'm going to talk about, uh, we'll call them antidotes for a bad mood. 1st uh, let me get a quick update on Life on the Verge. Those that don't know anything about our ministry, lifeontheverge.com. You can learn about what we do in prisons. Uh, We use our band, The Plunders, uh, not The Plungers, not The Plunderers, The Plunders, and we go into prisons and we build bridges with music. We entertain the crowd. We edify the church and we evangelize the lost. We stay quite busy at it. So you can learn more about that. We're on a break right now. Uh, It's kind of a work break. We did get a little bit of rest. We had done Uh, our spring early summer tour and man it was it was incredible had some challenges at the end if you've been listening uh, some crazy stuff but nonetheless it was a fantastic tour I think I mentioned last week that um, you know after I'd gotten slightly in a better mood I walked into the church and there was several thousand dollars in our mailbox and that's valuable don't get me wrong well, one of the most valuable things in that mailbox was—actually, a. Actually, it wasn't in the mailbox. Someone who checks our mail dropped our mail off. They collect all of our mail while we're out of town. They dropped off our household mail and our church mail that they had been collecting, and there was an abundance of uh, letters from inmates. You know, I can get in a rut and, and man, read those and just be so inspired and— um, you know, just the guys raving. They took time to write, and they spent money on a stamp. That alone says something. I sometimes tell them that, hey, the ticket price for your show today is a stamp. We'd love to hear from you. I tell them we're not a bank. We're not sending you any money, and we're not a dating service. We're not finding you a woman or a man, whatever the case may be. Uh, But when they write us, and I got that piece of art, actually a couple of pieces of art from inmates, they took time to do that. I can tell this one drawing I mentioned, the charcoal drawing, took probably a few hours to do at least, and uh, and so that really blessed us, but so we're on this break, and we, we've done this the last two years in a row. At first, I was reluctant because we load the camper up. We travel by RV, and we're on the road many months out of the year, most of the year, really, um, and uh, once we load that thing up, but uh, now... <laughs> My dream, I'm believing God, one day I'm going to have a house that I can pull my camper up to and plug it in right beside the house and not have to unload it. But that's not the case right now. So whenever we park it at the church, there's nowhere to plug it in, so it's going to sit in the 100-degree heat. So we have to take all the food out, take the clothes out, some of the musical equipment out, and... Um, You know, we have to take move all that stuff back to the house, and then we have to take it back to the RV. Uh, And so, I was reluctant when Susan last year said, "You know what? We should go home for you know a few weeks in the middle of the summer." We usually end up um, in the Mid Atlantic area anyway. That's just kind of been the trend to do some churches and things in the in the Mid Atlantic area. so we, I was reluctant, but after last year's break, I was like, you know what? That really helped. We got rejuvenated. We got caught up on a lot of stuff, and so this year we did that again. And what we do, we we're, you know, we have doctor's appointments and you know, physicals, that kind of thing. There's equipment ma- maintenance, a little bit of fundraising, catch up on all the bookkeeping, and then it gives us time to more strategically book the next phase of the tour. So that's what we're doing. You know. Uh, you know, yesterday I spent the entire day really working on uh, guitar stuff, not not just playing guitar, but sounds and trying to give it. The, we do all this. We don't have to. Uh, we do it because you have stamped our, you, those of you that give to our ministry have stamped it with value. You know, when you write those checks or you hit that PayPal button or whatever, you're saying we believe in you and we value value. What you're doing, and we're just trying to roll that right on over to the men and women we minister in prison, who really feel uh, lesser than or value less. To say, you know what? No, we didn't have to bring a quality program in here like this. This is over and above what they normally get. It really is. Um, I've said before, Susan and I. Maybe one day we'll have to do this. We could walk in and with an acoustic guitar and a Bible. And, and still do the same style of ministry, but not quite to the level. Now, I'm not putting down anybody that does that. That can be tremendously effective. But God's put it in our hands and given us the resources and the ability to put on a, a pretty big show. And we're even dreaming about a bigger show uh, in, the, in the future. I had a meeting this week with uh, a good friend that's a, a bass player, and a, we've got a drummer about bringing in special speakers and we haven't done this since pre-pandemic but getting back to that and trying to form a regular team that can go out and do tours even short tours that just really blow the guys away with they have to ask the question why did you do this well it's because god loves you and so anyway all right wow that was a lot on that back to practical antidotes for a bad mood. I mean, the danger of bad moods is that they can string together and end up creating bad seasons of life. And all the while, it can rob us of productivity and the prosperity that God wants us to have. So we need to guard ourselves, you know, uh, by renewing our mind with the word. I think I talked about that last week, (coughs) you know. But I want to give you some more kind of some practical antidotes. And the first one that I thought of uh, actually just this morning was how powerful gratitude can be. And sometimes generosity can go hand in hand. Generosity should be uh, an act of gratitude, that that's why we give, not because the Bible says we better. Paul said uh, God loves a cheerful giver. It should be out of gratitude. We, we, what we do with our ministry, we do out of gratitude what God has done for us. And so yesterday I was reading Psalm 36, and I won't read the whole thing, but I'll I'll just skim through it. Psalm 136, not uh, 36. Verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Now, uh, let me stop right there and say that this particular psalm was written in a way that maybe you've come from a liturgical setting where, you know, the the preacher or the priest says something, and then the people echo something back. Well, that's exactly how the psalm was written. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And all the people would say, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his love endures forever. To him alone who does great wonders, Give his, his love endures forever. It actually says his love endures forever 26 times in that psalm. But if we break through uh, or break down uh, some of the areas, why they're saying, well, first off, it's his love, okay? If we have nothing else to thank God for, it's his love, that he loved us enough to save us, to redeem us, to give us purpose uh, in life. But they get more specific, and they go through the story of how God delivered the Hebrews from from Egypt and It says there, to him who alone, who does great wonders. So when we're talking about giving thanks, we can give thanks for the miracles that God has done in our lives. He's done, when you're in a bad mood, start reciting those times when God did the miraculous. And surely you have um, some miraculous things that have occurred in your life if you've served the Lord any length of time. Give thanks to the Lord for. Miracles. He goes on to talk about who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters. He's he's talking about creation. You know, if nothing else, give God thanks for creation. Give God thanks for the air that we breathe. Give God thanks uh, for deliverance and protection, which is where he goes next. He talks about to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. You know, God has delivered us, from, from sin it was Sure we still struggle with it But we're no longer a slave to it We don't have to be And he's protected us Think about all the times That he has protected you You know Even as I go back to when I was a teenager And I used to drive drunk And wasted and high All the time Shame on me But I did Oh I can recall Specific incidents where I could have easily been killed or killed other people. I crashed my car so many times, so no wonder I have a compassion for those that are in prison because I know I could have easily ended up there or or dead and in hell for that matter. So giving thanks for the times that God has delivered you. He's brought you through seasons uh, where you didn't think that you were gonna make it. Uh, give thanks. For guidance, he, he says in verse 16, to him who led his people through the wilderness, how God has directed your path as you've trusted him. You know, is it Psalm 3, 3 through 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, um, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll make your path straight or he'll uh, guide you in, your, in, in the way. Um, how God has guided you, helped you navigate life, helped you navigate marriage, help you navigate uh, raising a family, navigate your professional life. Give thanks. The point is here is that gratitude, when you're in a bad mood, start giving God thanks for these things that he has already done. That's what this psalm is all about. He says, "...to him who struck down kings..." This is all about justice and vindication. Now, I I hope that that God didn't strike down people literally that that were hindering you or trying to harm you in your life, but there have been those times, you know, where there's been people that stabbed me in the back, and I wasn't, you know, I've been wrongly accused, okay, as a pastor, even as a police officer, and I prayed for vindication. Lord, let people see the truth. That's what I was talking about, and uh, and God has done that. I've seen that happen, and I don't I don't rejoice in somebody else's downfall. Don't get me wrong, um, though. It kind of looks like the psalmist is here, <laughs> um, but I rejoice in the fact that that God vindicated me. You know, uh, give thanks for that. Give thanks. For material blessings, he goes on in verse 21. He says, and gave their land as an inheritance. He gave gave the Hebrews, the promised land, the material blessings that God has given you, the things that are around. Most of us have more than one car. We have more than one TV. We have a lot of material things that God has blessed us with that we can give thanks for. So there's no shortage of things to give thanks for, to show gratitude. And this is a way that we can combat against a bad mood when we're in a bad mood we just start giving thanks Uh, he says and freed us from our enemies his love endures forever all of these are echoed his love endures forever Um, when we think about the freedom that we have uh, the tragic case right now that uh that girl that um got arrested in the soviet union or uh, russia for possession of marijuana, I don't know if you're following it, but she's a WNBA star, like a, a top star in the WNBA, and she was playing basketball over there, and they found some uh, marijuana of some sort in uh, in her baggage, and now she's facing 10 years in a Russian prison, from pretty much a rock star in her world to being uh, in captivity, now, at the same time, young people are young people, and I try not to harp on this stuff, you know, the kneeling during the National Anthem. She came out and said, I don't even think we should play the National Anthem, and uh, I'm not trying to get all political and all that stuff right, right now, but I kind of bet she is appreciating the freedom that uh, she had in the United States right now. And I I hope she gets, you know, something gets worked out that she doesn't spend 10 years. I don't wish that on anybody. Um, Again, young people make dumb mistakes. I hope it changes her life in a positive way. But my point is we take freedom for granted sometimes, the freedom that I have to do this podcast right now. We should seize the day while we have it and thank God for the freedoms that we have. Um, Verse 25, he gives food to every creature. Uh, The provision that God gives us, you know, um, how well we eat as Americans, for example. So it, you know, we go on and on, but just as one Psalm that's saying, give thanks to God, it is a weapon that we can use against a bad mood. Um, Romans 1, verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Okay. So that means it's not up to me to execute wrath on people. God is already, it's already being revealed Okay, to those that suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what be, what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. I'm going somewhere with this. So in other words, we can see by looking at nature, the complexity of nature, and 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 know that there is a God creation declares it. Verse 21, this is what's important. For although they knew him, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So not giving thanks to God is a danger zone. That's my point in reading that passage right there. Uh, We need to be people that live with thankful hearts. Um, Oddly enough, the Greek it, that word, was says "give thanks to him," it means to be grateful. It means to express gratitude, and especially to say grace at a meal. Isn't that interesting? Now, I'm not really sure where we began the tradition that you know. Some I, I sometimes uh, minister with people, and we'll all join hands around the table in a restaurant, bow our heads, and pray. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think that's awesome. But the point is, is that a thankful heart. We don't have to make a big public display of it. Um, it's a thankful heart is to, uh, to ask the Lord to bless your meal, to thank him for your meal. Um, that kind of thing I'm getting off on a tangent, but my point is, is that Thanksgiving is a weapon. You know, there is, uh, Uh, One of my favorite passages in Scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Thanksgiving is one of those weapons that we can fight against bad moods and bad attitudes with. You know, for me, sometimes I journal. Uh, thanks, I journal just about every day, um, but sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, I you, you can't put your finger on it. Sometimes, can you? Sometimes you just you're just funky, man. You wake up, maybe it was lack of sleep. I, sometimes you can't put your finger on it. But regardless. Um, if I find myself in that rut sometimes, I'll sit down with my journal and I'll write my Thanksgiving out. That's what I, I want to write. You know, I just want to bleed my heart out. Lord, I feel like crap today. I don't know why, blah, blah, blah. Instead, before the pen hits the paper, I go, you know what? I'm going to begin with, Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I just start writing those things out and it, it really has an effect in shifting my mood. And I think even more powerful than writing it down sometimes is speaking it. That's what praise and worship is all about, isn't it? Um, it's giving more worth to what God has said than how I feel. And and I begin to thank out loud. You know, I mean, you can't do that everywhere, but if you're in a place where you can do that, slip aside to a room or even under your breath, Lord, I thank you. And you begin to thank God for specific things he has done In your life, even in the case of traumatic events that we can't do much about, we don't have a lot of power over, Thanksgiving can shift our mood from hopelessness to hopefulness. You know, the couple of, well, last summer, as a matter of fact, the last one uh, crossed the Rainbow Bridge, but we had the the three amigos, um, our three uh, Chihuahuas that were a big part of our story. They lived to be 16, 15, and 14. And a lot, but over a lot of life transitions, they were with us when all of our kids were home. You know, still in school. Transitioned to that empty nest, and a couple of moves, couple of professional moves. Um, They transitioned into life on the verge, living in a camper full time. They lived a lot of life and got a lot of travel. And one by one, they all died in the same year from congestive heart failure. And I couldn't do much about that. They were old dogs. It's bound to happen. Um, But when the last one died, and the thing that hurt the worst, was that um, Watching Susan hurt And we had to be there You know When they took the needle To each one Like they were gasping for air And watch them leave And anybody you, A lot of you have Probably gone through that it's, it's traumatic Didn't have a lot of control Over that happening um, But what we could do Is we could thank God For the years That we had with them Right We could thank God That the third one Who was all by himself For several months um, He died At home, when we were on our break last year, we saw God's fingerprints on that. We were home, and we were able to bury him. They were mom, dad, and son. They were all buried in the same place. We weren't on the road, had to take him to a vet somewhere in Florida to have him disposed of, that kind of thing. So we can always give thanks, even in the face of traumatic events, and that's a small one compared to losing a family member, someone close to you. Uh, Susan lost her mother several years ago, and it was tragic. It's hard losing your mom. And, but God did a work in her heart the last few months of her life. She was always a pretty negative person, um, really wouldn't, wouldn't what you'd call, uh, she wasn't a church going lady, but she believed in the Lord and uh, she just didn't have a smile on her face very often, that kind of person. You could see the lines on her face from just (coughs) really, (coughs) I don't know, just some people have that, you know... uh, Negative bent, and she had her, her whole life. And uh, the last few months of her life, even though she was losing her hair, and and you know she was leaving, she was going through cancer. Uh, the diagnosis was she was going to suffer a lot of pain. Well, she didn't. She didn't suffer the pain. She only took a half a pain pill through the whole thing. She died at home, and the last few months of her life. She was full of joy. She had a smile on her face. I knew she had made things right with Jesus. So there was something to give thanks for even in the face of that traumatic event. Of course, that's kind of a side note. We're talking more about the day-to-day bad moods that we can do something about. You know, in the face, you know, we sorrow, don't get me wrong, but the Bible tells us in 1st Corinthians 1 Thessalonians 4, that we don't sorrow like the world does. We know that Jesus is going to bring back those believers who have died before us with him when he comes. So anyway, again, side note. The point is, gratitude is a weapon we can use against bad moods. That's what praise and worship is all about, giving God more worth than my feelings. That's what Thanksgiving is, and that takes faith, but God has given us that faith if we'll exercise it, that even though I'm in a bad mood, traffic is terrible today, I got up late, I'm running late, I didn't get a good night's sleep. You know what? I still thank you, God. I thank you for this car. I I thank you for my wife. I thank you for whatever. But use that weapon. It can shift your mood. All right. I hope you got something out of that. And uh, we'll have a couple more weapons or antidotes that we can use to, to come against a bad mood. And it's it's so important because a bad mood can just throw me off course for an entire day and waste the potential of that day. And I I hate when that happens. That actually what happens is it it creates a wave of bad moods if we're not careful. We're in such a bad mood from having a bad day yesterday. It can actually begin to uh, grow exponentially. And we don't want that to happen. We want to cut these bad moods off and shift into a good mood, a right attitude, and be productive. And prospers for the glory of God. All right, have a great day, and we'll be back at you next week. Keep us in prayer as we plot and plan, pray that God opens the doors where we need to be this late summer and fall tour. Bless you. I want to remind you that Life on the Verge is a completely donor-funded ministry. You can learn more about our ministry at lifeontheverge.com. We appreciate your prayers and gifts of support to keep us on the road and in prison.